I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In the air left field and Pools has given St. Louis the lead. A dramatic towering three-run home run. Stunned in disbelief here in Houston. A single by Eckstein, a walk to Edmonds, and how about Albert Pools? It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Albert Pujols finishes his time with the Angels, at least with the Angels, uh, top five in career home runs, RBI, and extra base hits. Joe Ostrowski and Chris Raji here on BetQL Daily on a Friday. And uh, let's continue with the baseball conversation. Bring in senior baseball writer for The Athletic, Jason Stark. You follow him on Twitter at Jason Stark MLB. Uh, Jason, let's start with the Pujols stuff. It's always tough and you have a first ballot Hall of Famer on, our, on your roster, and he wants to play every day. And the team's out there yesterday basically saying, we don't want him to play every day. So this is what we were forced to do. What did you think of the Angels' decision? Well, I, I mean, there had been rumblings this was coming, but it still was shocking in a lot of ways because he's Albert freaking Pujols. And... You know, they've been riding with this for five years. Uh, Artie Moreno has been a big fan and a big defender of Albert. And any attempt to reduce playing time, to do anything that remotely resembled this, there was resistance coming from at the top. But, you know, you bring in a new GM in Perry Manassian, and you ask him to look at his team, his roster, his stars with fresh eyes, it was hard not to look with with fresh eyes and no emotional attachment at Albert Pujols and see a guy who should be playing every day. And then the question is, well, how do you handle it? There's no good way to handle it. They, you know, they tried to negotiate something that would be a little more comfortable. You know, where Albert could have sat at the podium, that press conference, and smiled and thanked everybody. And the fact that he didn't do that tells you they weren't on the same page with this as much as they said they were. And and I think the Angels, um, you know, like you said, this is a very difficult thing to do with a guy who's going to be a first ballot, probably unanimous vote, I would think, getting into the Hall of Fame. And, it, you know, obviously you want to treat that guy with respect, but they also are trying to win a division and he wasn't giving them the production they wanted. So... The way they handled it, um, do you think that that is like, how do you think the clubhouse views this? How do you think the guys with the Angels, the rest of the team, how do you think they are looking at this? Well, Albert had an enormous presence in that room. And so there's definitely going to have to be some damage control 
to make guys understand what this was. Now, you know, my understanding is they wanted to keep Albert around in a reduced role. I mean, they liked his presence. Uh, they liked the idea of maybe playing him some against left-handed pitching. Um, they wanted him to have a role. They just didn't want him to be an everyday role. And he he's not ready to accept uh, be, playing two days a week, you know, just being a – you know, a veteran, pet guys on the back sort of presence. And, you know, I think if this gets explained and Joe Madden's as good at this sort of thing as any manager around, I think guys will understand. But there are people in the room who are incredibly loyal to Albert. Uh, Albert's had a huge impact on them in their time. And this is going to be a hard one to work through. Uh, I, I'm just fascinated to see what what happens with this team and what happens with this player. Uh, Jason, after uh, the news came out, I'm sure you were taking a look at some Pujols numbers, being the king of baseball trivia that you are. Anything that uh, really stood out that you'd like to share? Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. Um, you know, the, the, the first thing that stood out to me, and I tweeted this, was Albert was two hits away from catching Eddie Murray for most hits ever by a player who primarily played first base. And I'll tell you, it would have been really hard for me to let this guy go, knowing he might never play again with that sitting there on the table. So there's always that part. Uh, he was closing in on 3,300 hits. There was only nine players who ever lived who got 3,300 hits, and not many of them have played in our lifetimes. Uh, mm-hmm. The combination of 3,300 hits and more than 650 homers, I mean, we're talking about a Mount Rushmore kind of player, certainly one of the greatest right-handed hitters who ever lived. But the other numbers I was looking for was to say, all right, is there some team out there who can look at what they're seeing from Albert? this year and think this guy can still play in some role. I mean, the one thing that kind of jumped out is 898 OPS against right-handed pitching. Um, That's only 28 plate appearances, but um, I think there are certain kinds of pitchers you could see Albert still being able to hit against. He can still hit a fastball. The problem was he, you know, there was no fear of Albert. And he was just getting off-speeded to death uh, against any kind of off-speed this year. He was three for 35. He never walks. Um, It's just hard for me to imagine that any team can look at his offensive profile right now and then going back five years and thinking, all right, let's go sign him for the minimum. Um, If you're signing him now, you've got to promise him playing time. So you're, you're signing him for the name and whatever lottery ticket you think you're buying. Jason, as we sit here early May, there are two divisions in baseball that you look at. I'd say four of the divisions you look at and you see who's at the top and you go, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, But you look at the National League West where the Giants lead the division and you see the Red Sox atop the American League East. It, how do you think those two divisions end up playing out now with the Yankees starting to play better baseball lately? They've won seven of 10. And then you've got the West in the National League with the Padres and Dodgers being the Padres and Dodgers, right? We figured they were, they were going to be the favorites for that division. 
How do you see those two playing out? Yeah, you know, every division's in play. It's really hard to look at the sport right now and see any super team in any division. The fact that the Red Sox are leading the AL East and the Giants are leading the NL West, I would not have seen those things coming. But this is one of those times where you say there's a lot of baseball still to be played. Um, mm-hmm. I thought the Yankees were the team in the AL East. And it's interesting how much better they look now that the ball's starting to leave the park, isn't it? Like they, they, <laughs> yeah. they suddenly look just kind of like how you imagine them. When, when they couldn't hit a long ball and they don't hit and they don't score, that's when all their other flaws stand out. Uh, you know, the, the, the Yankees are hitting 267 on balls in play. That's the biggest difference. They have the biggest difference between their expected stats and their actual offensive stats of any team in that league. So you have to think they're going to hit. And then when you look at the Red Sox, the opposite, they're hitting 319 on balls in play. That's 35 points higher than the league average. They're slugging almost 450 as a team. That's 60 points higher than the league average. They're going to have to hit because their pitching is certainly flawed. And is that sustainable? So I, I think over time, the AL East seems like it should shape up the way you would have expected. Uh, the NL West, I, to believe in the Giants, you'd really have to believe that their starting pitching is as good as it's looked. And take a look at their numbers sometime. Their starters basically have the same numbers as a group that Jacob deGrom had last year as a giant, right? As the, as the greatest right-handed pitcher in the game. Um, you think that's sustainable? I'm going to say no. Uh, and I, I think ultimately this still be, this still comes down to Dodgers and Padres. It just, the, the Dodgers now are no longer in the argument on whether they can win 125 games. This is BetQL Daily Joe Ostrowski, Chris Ranji, our guest, the great Jason Stark, at Jason Stark MLB on Twitter, senior baseball writer for The Athletic. A uh, couple other divisions, Jason, that uh, are quite confounding to me right now. AL Central, you've got the White Sox, of course, as the favorite, and they're dealing with all these injuries with their position players. A new one earlier this week, but the pitching has been superb. And then there's also the NL East. Talk about uh, some of those struggling teams. You have to put Atlanta in there. Uh, below 500, I believe they still are, uh, with with all of that hitting. Um, what, what do you think happens in the AL Central and NL East? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, well, AL Central, completely up for grabs. Uh, you know, I, I, I still think the White Sox are the most talented team. Um but these injuries to Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez, uh, which are for most, if not all, of the year, are gigantic hits. And, you know, it's just incredible that uh, the conversation with the White Sox 
feels like it revolves every day around the manager now. And <laughs> I, you know, I could have foreseen many, many issues with Tony La Russa managing that team in this time and place. I would never have foreseen that in-game strategy or unfamiliarity with the rules would, would be at the top of those issues, but it's where we are. Um, I think he figures it out. He's one of the most detail-oriented men ever to do that job, but he's, he's made several decisions that have directly impacted one loss, and in a division like that, that could be gigantic. Uh, the, the NL East... Like, it's bizarre that there's only one team over 500, and that team is the Phillies, who went four weeks without winning two games in a row. But almost anything is possible. Um, the the Braves haven't hit, except for Ronald Acuna and Huascar Enoa. Uh, didn't see that coming, but they're starting to get pitching healthy. Uh, again, the names on their roster would say they're going to hit. Uh, the, the Mets haven't hit. Got two hitting coaches fired. Um, they're their problems catching the ball have really shown up. Um, I, I feel like that division in particular is going to come down to who makes the best deal in July and who can keep their stars on the field the most and avoid injuries and the the, the COVID list because it's just they're just too tightly bunched. Does Larusa finish the season? You think Jerry Reinsdorf's going to fire him in like June? Um, <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I, I, I take the under on that one. Yeah, I don't think you would fire him. I wonder if there would be a mutual parting of ways because it's not working out. They they would never publicly say you're out. I just I, I wonder if there would be a conversation where maybe he decides or they decide. Look, this just isn't happening. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine on both ends. Uh, they're a half game out of first place with all with all the stuff that's swirling, yeah. and it's you know it's his first thirty games back managing after ten years. Uh, I'm I'm going to think that both both sides give this time. Like if this continues, you know if Tony is forgetting stuff, if he's admitting once a week that he doesn't know this rule or that rule, um, if there's some obvious disconnect. I think he's aware enough to know it, but I, I I would really highly doubt it. Just I was around at the end in St. Louis, and that got uncomfortable. I think everybody knew then that it was time to go, and Tony didn't go. Like I had a hard time getting everybody on the same page then. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf has staked so much on bringing this guy back right now in 2021. I just can't see it unless thing, this thing really spirals. Three no-hitters already, Jason. First 35 days of the season. And each story, you know, it, it's been great. Between Musgrove and Rodon, we thought he was done with the White Sox. They take a flyer on him and how he's turned uh, his career around so far. Means uh, the great season he was having leading up to the no-no the other day. Uh, obviously, a big part of this is uh, the ridiculous strikeout rates that we see in the game right now. Uh, no hitters are great stories. They're a lot of fun. But big part of this is all the strikeouts that we see every day. It, are you kind of conflicted when you see this? Or, hey, I, I'm great. I love these stories. Great moments in the game. I'm all for it. <laughs> Look, I see both things. Why can't both things be true? You know, that like the no hitter is one of the great, unique baseball dramas 
that the other sports can't match. There's, there's just nothing like the way the drama in a no-hitter builds inning by inning and then out by out as you get down to the end. Uh, especially you've had, you've had two teams, uh, the Padres and then the Orioles the other day, break 8,000-game, 50-year individual no-hitter streaks. Uh, it's incredible. There have only been two streaks that long broken in the history of baseball, and then we had two in a month. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, the drama of the no-hitter, that's cool. The fact that nobody can hit and that the strikeout rate is out of control and that the the number of hits per game is at the lowest it's been in the history of baseball, that is a crisis. I I don't think there's any other word for it. If it's not a crisis yet, you can see the crisis coming. And the question is, what's baseball going to do about it? No question. Jason Stark, great stuff there. Senior baseball writer for The Athletic. Uh, Looking forward to uh, catching up once again. And, Raji, let's keep rolling with the baseball. We have a full card going on today. We're going to tell you our favorite plays on the BetQL Audio Network.